my first reaction to this, and I, I think I actually text this to you, is when the hell was this written? <laughs> because um, I I found it I found it insightful. Um, it talked about things that I certainly recognized, and I mean, it even on some level talks about like plot lines and tropes, which is a direction we rarely go. But um, like I, th I thought her analysis was at minimum interesting and probably sound, but I uh, uh, it it misses a lot of the evolution of where science fiction is gone. Um, she also, when she was talking about science fiction, she was very much talking about film and was uh, bluntly dismissive of the novel in science fiction. And at first that bothered me until uh, Connor confirmed the timeline with me. And like this came out before uh, Ursula Le Guin was of note, for example. Like a lot of the th a lot of things happened after this essay. On on the the novel side of the equation that I think I think uh, changed the world or at least changed the world of science fiction. So I uh, I like this. I don't think it's a perfect map of what's going on, but it's it's still a useful part of the map. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that her idea of what science fiction is it happens to be a lot narrower. Um. And just more reductive than what we do on this show. And I think it's important to give this context. I mean, she's writing in truly the heyday of the public intellectual or the man or woman of letters. Uh, you know, this post-war era in which university enrollment is exploding, university financing is exploding, literacy and readership is exploding, sort of engagement with the narrative arts, you know, a lowbrow, middlebrow, highbrow across the spectrum is exploding all over the developed world. Um, you know, it's still very cheap to live in major cultural centers and Sontag lived in several different ones, most notably Paris and New York. Um, you know, there are all of these forces that are coming. And of course, the publishing and media industries are also exploding and very healthy and pay well. And so you get this sort of golden moment if you're someone like Sontag. Uh, you know, if Susan Sontag existed today, she might very well be, you know, a struggling, untenured adjunct working a 4-4 load and or writing a Substack newsletter because that's just how the game is now. But back then you could, you know, write this kind of essay and she probably got a nice chunk of change for it and your rent was like in real dollars, you know, 300 bucks for your New York apartment and like just just shit like that that I think is so important when you read these old pieces. And part of that is I'm not just I'm not just uh, you know trying to rip on Susan Sontag and call her uh, lucky which she was. But sure, I'm actually I'm thinking about retiring in the mid 60s. I mean, that's my <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the key point here though is that this is where this era this now very outmoded era is where a lot of our ideas about the novel form come from. And especially a lot of the ideas, our ideas about the division of the novel form have not been, I think, very well updated since then. And this is where sort of the, the genre versus literary divide starts to get really solidified. And it's, it's something that we talk about a lot on the show, how that binary is really helpful um, and how, how much sort of misguided or just incorrect snobbery happens on either side of the divide. But I'll give you a taste of what Pete means, and then I'll talk about what the essay is actually about. But I think it's interesting to go to that snobbery he's talking about, um, where she says, in the midst of her discussion of science fiction films, 
I am aware, of course, that there are thousands of science fiction novels. Their heyday was the late 1940s. Not to mention the transcriptions of science fiction themes, which more and more provide the principal subject matter of comic books. But I propose to discuss science fiction films. The present period began in 1950 and continues continually abated, considerably abated to this day. As, a, as, in, uh, as an independent subgenre without reference to the novels from which in many cases they were adapted. For while novel and film may share the same plot, the fundamental difference between the resources of the novel and the film makes them quite dissimilar. Anyway, the best science fiction movies are on a far higher level as examples of the art of the film than the science fiction books are as examples of the art of the novel or romance. That the films might be better than the books is an old story. Good novels rarely make good films, but excellent films are often made from poor or trivial novels. I'll tell you right now, folks, I have spent my life sort of yearning after a cultural state of affairs where I could speak that sweepingly about things. It seems like a lot of fun. You can't do it it anymore, right? So, um, you know, good for her, I guess. Hey, everyone. What you just heard is a preview of our latest exclusive episode. To hear the rest and to access our entire catalog of exclusive content, as well as our patrons-only Discord chat, become a patron at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. That's where you can support our work and make sure you get access to everything we do. Patreon.com slash podsidepicnic.